Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Well, it's time to jump back into our subject matter of prayer and begin talking about the different kinds of prayer, as we talked about and alluded to that we would do this week. And uh, last week, we talked more about our posture and attitude when it comes to prayer. Now we want to jump into what prayer looks like when it's applied in our, in our everyday life. And I think this is where we start looking at the day in, day out aspect of prayer. Right. Um, I think we'll have to always go back to our attitude. Because if we're struggling in our prayer life, as we talked about last week, our yes. attitude is probably not correct. Our posture is not correct. And um, the outline for our subject matter today uh, can really be put in a memorable acrostic. And we borrowed this, and other people have used this. Right, it's pretty common. And we want to further add that we're not looking to just create some method of prayer, some methodical, nonsensical, no thinking about prayer, but just a way to help us think about it and keep before our minds. Right. As human beings that forget. <laughs> so it's what it's helpful. Uh, but it's called the acts of prayer. And that, that acts literally lays out in this aspect of adoration, confession. So we're picking right back up where we left off last week. Thanksgiving and supplication. Um, so in going into this, I think people need to be thinking as we're talking through each one of these acts of prayer. How does this apply in my everyday life? What does this look like when I get up in the morning, when I go to bed at night, during the day? Because, I mean, the scripture does say pray without ceasing, and we'll probably cover right. more of that later in another subject. But I think we have to remember this is going to be guiding us through not only that time we sit down in a chair and maybe have concentrated times of prayer, but just even as we walk prayerfully in our everyday life. And you'll see that more as we dig into right. that here. But let's jump into this first acts of prayer. And the first one is A for adoration. Why are we picking back up at this? Because that's really the the main point of prayer and the starting point of prayer. And if we're going to come to the Lord, we first come as those who adore, who worship God. Uh, it's interesting that that's where Jesus began in the model prayer when he said, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Um, it's interesting to me also that what he asked in the model prayer, he expects God to do because it ends, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory mm -hmm. forever. It, it, I, I noticed when David was praying in Psalm 139, he prayed, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down, my rising up. You understand my thoughts are far off. You're acquainted with all my ways. Then he ends that prayer, that psalm with, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me. And what Dave was doing and what the Lord teaches us to do is pray what God says he will do. We pray, as we talked about earlier, according to the will of God. Which in some respects, not even just adoration, but that's true throughout prayer. We ask God to do what he says he will do. What his will is. We pray according yeah, to his, his will. will. Yeah. You know, some of the faith teachers, health wealth guys out there will say, well, if you pray or if you tack on your prayer, uh, if it be your will, that that's showing a lack of faith. Uh, and I beg your pardon. If you pray, your will be done. Or if it be your will, then – and you mean that, then that is a prayer of faith. That is a prayer well, of faith. Well, who's in charge? 
That's right. Who is the object yeah, of who our faith? Who is Lord? Right. Who has said that he will do his will and who you know it's it's we're not co-opting god we Mm. can't our faith is not a mechanism for making god doing something our faith is an expression of our trust in the almighty god who does all things well and does his will and our prayer is an aspect of that will an aspect of our expressing our trust in him well i think it's also an aspect of obedience you know, we're talking about this idea of adoration. We are commanded to adore him. We are commanded to pray that God would adore himself and glorify himself, as as many other men and women of faith have prayed. Yeah, it's interesting that almost all prayers in some sense, we'll get to supplication in a moment, but almost all prayers in some sense asking God to do something. And when we're doing adoration, we're expressing adoration, we're Asking God, not only adoring Him ourselves, but asking Him to glorify Himself, glorify Your name in all the earth. And no one wants to do that more than God. Right. So <laughs> that that's pleasing to God. He wants to hear that. He's the only one who's worthy of that. And I th- we'll talk about more on this, but I, I think there comes down to it is that prayer is a part of the work of God. We're actually a part of that process of bringing about the will of God. Yeah. That's why we pray in the will of God. Ooh. When people will ask why pray when God's already said he's going to do what he wants to do, and that's why we pray. We pray to be a part of what he's doing. Yeah. We trust him to do what is good. And and is there an aspect of that we don't understand? Yes, there's a big aspect of it we don't understand. That's okay. We trust him. Right. And, and, and adoration and asking him to glorify himself, that's no different. That's exactly right. Yeah. There's no yeah. difference in that. And again, the point – of adoration is to acknowledge that he is Lord. Yes. Plain and simple. This is confessing who he is. So we have adoration out of the acrostic acts. The next one is confession. See, confession. How is this a different kind of prayer? Well, there's this which all prayers confession because it's agreeing with God about his will. But when we're talking about confession in this context, we're talking about confession of sin. In First uh, John um, John tells his readers, uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The word confess, it's a translation of a Greek word, homo legeo, homo, or homo means same, and legeo from logos meaning word or speech. So it's the same saying the same thing that God says about something, in particular sin. And so when we confess our sin, we confess generally our sin, and we confess specifically our sin. We confess generally that we are sinners, that we're in need of a Savior, we're in need. And even even though we're saved, we don't have to stop saying we well, need Well, it comes a from an understanding. Yes. It comes from an understanding of who we are before God and what we have done to right. God. So, and We've we offended God. And, and we just, you know, I'm sinful. There, I've sinned in ways I don't know. I've sinned in ways I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've let these things slide. Uh, Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me. I'm in need of you to forgive my sins. This it, is general. It's interesting, even as we talk about the different kinds of sins, how our posture never goes away. Right. I mean, th- we were talking about this idea of how we, we should yeah. think about God in relation to who we are, and we have sinned, and, and, and that understanding must be a posture of understanding. Yes. And, and, and I find it interesting. It's never going away. Yeah, we dealt with it last week, 
but eh, we still got to keep it in front of our minds. It will and always hearts. come back. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the the confession can come in our normal quote unquote quiet time when we're just having a prayer time, but it can be those times. Churches will have those times of confession. I know we had a prayer time as a church few lord's days ago and we had a time of confession that was the whole service yeah yeah but uh, especially when part of it was given to confession of sin but and we can do that we're praying we're praying through say we're praying through this acrostic and we just have part of our right on the front end if we believe god is god and he is holy he is righteous and we're sinful then right on the front end we want and if we believe as david said if i regard iniquity in my heart the lord will not hear me if we believe that well we Probably, don't you think we ought to deal with our sin before the Lord, confess it, and uh, that that will lead us to other things. We can't presume that we understand all the gritty aspects of our sin. No, and I think that's why we ask God to reveal our sin to us, even though we we understand that we are sinners. So we ask for right. salvation initially, but we continue to confess our sinfulness to the Lord, and that we would see it. And could even confess those aspects. It's healthy. It's good. It's building up in the faith. And I think that's important. You look at David. David in the Psalms. A lot of his Psalms are confession. They are. Yes. Psalm 32, Psalm 51 is a complete, almost completely about confession. And uh, some need. think Psalm 51 was written right after his sin with Bathsheba. Right. So, I mean, that would even get more context. He had overlooked it for some time and acted as though it didn't exist and was living life like it didn't exist until someone brought it to his mind, and then it was time for confession. But And while confession may be general, it needs to be specific. Pardon me. But if if we know something is sinful, then we need to confess it as sin. Sometimes we know that immediately. Sometimes it doesn't come to our minds. The Spirit doesn't deal with us until we see it later. So Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're talking about adoration, confession. The next letter in this acrostic is thanksgiving. Again, I'm, I'm bringing up this one. We're not necessarily saying all of these has to come in this order. Not but I do find it fascinating that one does seem to build upon the other. They really do. Uh, it is appropriate that if you have worshipped mm-hmm. – the living God, the Almighty God, and seen your sinfulness and specific sin and confessed it, well, it is therefore appropriate to give thanks. I would just be honest with you. On Sunday mornings, I come in. It's been a long week. We start off with what I would call adoration. We're singing praises to God. Right. We, we have confession of prayer. By the time we're singing right at the end of the service or at the end of the message, which is our typical custom to do, the Thanksgiving is coming pretty strong. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yes. It really is. It's your, your heart has been melted or softened, and you're seeing your sinfulness. You're knowing who God is, and He is Lord. The thankfulness is coming pretty naturally at that point. Right, and it should come naturally in the flow of our praying, if it's a quiet time, whatever the case may be. When you think that, that Romans 11.33 says, God is the giver, the guide, and the goal of all things, for from him, through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever, then that should lead to thanksgiving. Uh, that should thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace for your mercy, for your providential care. There's so much to be thankful for. Thank the Lord for, um, you know, Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always for all things. Do you, and I say this to listeners, 
just stop to thank the Lord for your temporal blessings, food, clothing, shelter, or transportation. Or even the, and I put quotations around this, the bad things that have happened. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the events of life that seem to have no purpose, life, health, your children, uh, your wife, your spouse, your job, Not your that paycheck. they don't have any purpose, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> your, your job, your paycheck, your transportation you drive. If it broke down, you got it fixed. Thank the Lord he provided for you to get it fixed. If you got a different car, thank the Lord for the new car, a different car. All these are temporal blessings, spiritual blessings. Thank you for uh, – uh, your goodness and grace and providential I, care. You just name these things. This time after Christmas, and, and, I, and maybe my heart was just more tender because of what happened with my grandfather passing, and you know, and just your, your thinking's just different. A lot has gone on, a lot of death, a lot of loss that we've known. And I remember after Christmas just thinking to myself, and I don't remember at what point it was, it was just thanking the Lord for all that He gave me. Mm hmm. And it was trivial things, many of them. Right. And not just thanking him for the things, but thanking him for the family who gave me the things and the and mm -hmm. the fellowship and the joy that was right. known in that season. I found myself doing that. Yeah. Well, I've made it my habit for some time now in the front end of my prayer, and I'm thanking the Lord for things. I, I thank the Lord for temporal blessings, like I just mentioned, and for spiritual blessings. Thank him for his word, his spirit, his son, the Lord Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection for life in him, his patience, forbearance, and mercy, his goodness and grace, providential care and direction over my life and the life of my family. And these kinds of things we ought not take for – yes, that can become just a habit, but it's not a bad habit. We need to think about it, but we need to do it. There's much for which to be thankful, more than we realize. So we sure can't thank God too much. Um. We should thank you for spiritual blessings, too, yes. not just temporal things. It's easy to thank you for those good things, meaning like the new coat you got, the new car you got, the new house you got, you Whatever. name it, multiplicity of things. Yeah. We should thank you for a spiritual raise. blessing, for his salvation. Do we thank him daily for salvation? That's right. a great gift. It's like I often say, anything this side of grace is gravy. Right. Now, we don't want to diminish that at all because it's all from the hand of the Lord, but man, Anything we're getting on the other side of grace, meaning our salvation, oh, right. Uh, we of all people should be most grateful. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for life in Christ, uh, for brothers and sisters, for the church, for yeah, for the salvation of your family if they know Christ, and yeah, just on and on. There's I find myself sometimes being ungrateful, almost presumptuous. Yeah. Yeah. Which we talked about in last week's episode, yeah. that idea we presume upon God. Right. And I think in my sinfulness, I, presu I naturally presume upon God. That is a presumption. That's why we want to thank the Lord regularly for these things, so that we don't forget. It's not so we just rattle them off. Right. But so that we regularly remind ourselves that all that we have is from the hand of God. What do you have that you haven't received? That's right. what Scripture asks us. Do you have anything you haven't received? The answer is obviously no, we don't. And all the temporal things, they're going to burn up someday, but we get to use them now. Thank the Lord for that. Mm -hmm. We use them to God's glory. All the spiritual things will last for eternity. Thank the Lord for that. So it's just – it's boundless. Yeah. And, you know, just reminding our listeners as we're going through this acrostic, maybe this is a habit you develop, and then once you do it, it becomes more of just how you live. Right. You know, it's just not something and, – and I think later on we're going to talk about 
there are forms of prayer that are written that can be helpful. I think that's a really good aspect of prayer. Written prayers. I mean, the Psalms are written prayers that can be prayed back to the Lord. And I think we should go into that on this series. And I say that, hey, let's make note of it. Let's do that. <laughs> but but <laughs> I, I, I think this is good for us to build the habits in our life yes. and our thinking and our posture, again, as we keep saying. Habits are not bad. Absolutely. Okay, so we've got adoration, confession, thanksgiving. The last one um, is S of the Acts is supplication. What do we mean by supplication? Well, actually, the word supplication It's is, not a word we use a lot. It's, no, but it's the general word that is translated for – it's the word that is translated for the general word for prayer, prosuke, which means to ask toward or look toward to be the, specific, the actually. face of someone or yeah. something. And prayer is – all aspects of prayer are supplication in a manner of speaking because we are looking to the face of God for him to receive what we say and to fulfill our request. With us, our, press for him to be glor- our request for him to be glorified, to receive our thanksgiving, to receive our confession, all of these are supplication in a sense. But uh, to supplicate is to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word pros on the front end of the Greek word is a part – is a prefix that's used in the word for face, pros upon. And uh, we are given access toward God, pros toward God, toward his face. It's interesting that uh, David the psalmist in one of his psalms, and I can't remember the exact so – I think it's 37, but he says, Lord, when you said seek my face, I said your face I will seek. So prayer is seeking the face of God, and and it is this desire for God to look with favor on us and listen to our request. You know, I, I've used in a sermon one time the illustration that uh, women love to talk to their husbands, but they don't want their husbands just to dutifully listen. Hmm. They want them to give them their face. You know, sometimes a child's talking to a parent like their daddy, and the Daddy's maybe half listening, and sometimes they'll grab their face and pull around, and they, uh, I'm talking to no, you. No, this is what William does to me. He goes, Daddy, look at me. He wants your face, <laughs> right? He wants no, your face. No, it's true. We want the face of God. And I'm this like, I'm son, I am listening. No, look at me. <laughs> no, yeah. I want your face. I'm seeking your face. And this is this is supplication. We It is asking for things. We ask for things for ourselves, both spiritual and material. We ask for temporal blessings to be fulfilled. We need food. We need clothing. We need transportation. We need to look to God for these things. We need those temporal things. We thank God at a meal for the, what's before us. But his bounty, uh, and if we have bounty, some have less. But they, whatever they have is worth thanking God for. We supplicate for others. We pray. Right now, we've got some family members going through some some mm-hmm. hard times. We, we go to God. We have friends who are going through some loss, and we're praying and asking God to help. God is pleased with this. He listens to these prayers uh, for the kingdom, for the church, for the lost. We ask for their salvation, for leaders, that God would work through them, even the wicked ones, that he would restrain their wickedness and work through them to do things they wouldn't do. We're asking God to do stuff. Yes, we're asking God, and God wants us to ask. He gives good things to those who ask. And this is a part of prayer. Sometimes our prayers can be consumed with asking. It's not necessarily bad as long as we're not leaving the other undone. Right. Which is why we talked about and started with last week's episode. So it is altogether appropriate. It is not appropriate to expect that God will give us every single thing we ask for. 
He knows best, his will. And we want, in the end, his will to be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You know, I really want to remind our listeners, if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to last week's episode, I would, because I think it sets up what we're talking about today. Because you can look at this, and I feel like this can be overwhelming. You know what I'm saying? But when you get your attitude and your posture right. Right. When we see this as communion, when we see that we are children looking to a father, when we see that in the end we see him as almighty, Mm -hmm. and while we are not called servants by Jesus, we see ourselves as his servants to do his bidding, to glorify his name. When we see all this in this this aspect, prayer becomes more than just up – I gotta pray. I, we better pray. You know, yeah, we, no, prayed we ought to always yeah. be praying, always with all prayer and spirit. Yeah. And maybe more of what we said today has brought up more questions, but we're going to continue in this series. Yeah. I would just say this. I would simply say to the Lord right now, Lord, help us to do this, to be this. Yes. To be men and women, young people of prayer, of communion with mothers God. and fathers of prayer, pastors, leaders. Whatever, whoever you are, yeah. pray. Amen. Having done all, stand, yes. but having done all, pray. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll pick this back up next week. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you can find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living. Or on Twitter, at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. Crosstalk.